Like I say, I say, uh, I, I say, say, I say, I say, I say. <laughs> <laughs> like, like as a kid, that <laughs> just made me laugh so hard. Welcome to the What's Our Verdict podcast, where we fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-host, Mattson Heiner. Better red than dead. And Ian Anderson. Some shit. We appreciate your help growing the podcast by hitting that follow or subscribe button. Go ahead and tell a friend about us. Go check out our website, whatsoverdict.com, where you can listen to all of our episodes and sign up for our newsletter to get exclusive content and updates. Pick up some sweet merch and interact with us. The question we always ask is if you ever find yourself wondering if you should spend the time, money, or both on a movie. To help with that question, each week we put a movie on trial, discuss the facts, pass judgment, and let you know our verdict. Today, we're reviewing Space Jam, A New Legacy. It was released July 16th, 2021. It was written by Jewel Taylor and Tony Rattenmeyer. It was directed by Malcolm D. Lee. Stars LeBron James, Don Cheadle, Cedric Joe, Sue Bird, Anthony Davis, Draymond Green, Damian Lillard, Clay Thompson, and Anika Ogwamaiki. A rogue artificial intelligence kidnaps the son of famed basketball player LeBron James, who then has to work with Bugs Bunny to win a basketball game. If you're joining us and you haven't seen this movie and you want to avoid spoilers, now's the time to pause. Go watch the movie. Come back. Pick up where you left off because we're about to spoil the shit out of this thing. Or if you're smart, you might just not watch this movie. Is, is this a movie that like for. someone would be worried about it being spoiled? I mean, it's so easy to predict. Like LeBron James gets sucked into Louisville <laughs> or something, has to beat bad guys. LeBron James's team wins. I mean, yeah, it's a fair point. It's a very fair point. You already know, we already know we already know the blueprint for this one. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I look. I don't remember much of this movie. It's but, for the best, which is probably like yeah. It's probably for the best, and it's probably very telling about how good this movie was. But at the same time, like, and Ian, you had a very good point that I didn't really think about until you were talking about it in the spoiler free. That being, there's like nothing that leans into really the original version of this which was actually a very enjoyable movie even as an adult like i look on it with very thick nostalgia glasses but i mean it's it's fun you had much more than like this one they left it so much to lebron james to carry the movie and don Cheadle's character don Cheadle's a fantastic actor but from a carrying this movie perspective like his character was ridiculous and and not entertaining at all. Whereas, like in the original one, you had uh, oh, what's his name, the comedian? Damn it, Bill Murray. Bill Murray, yeah. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see Michael Jackson and Bill Murray make appearances in this movie, and Michael I was so Jordan, you disappointed. Mean? Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, Michael, no, you're good. But Michael Michael A. Jordan, not Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, and that's yeah. So like I. Yeah, he carried like he did such a good job of like covering up the fact that Michael Jordan can't act because he took over the parts where they were trying to make him act and like so Bill Murray covered very heavily for that and LeBron James didn't have anything for that and he's not a good actor. So he's sitting there trying to act and do all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, God, he's so bad. Dude, the part when this movie started off when he was on the basketball court. Uh, with his his two sons and they're you know obviously playing basketball, we get the whole scene that his youngest son isn't really in the basketball because his dad is not recognizing that he likes other things. It was just so painful 
to be like, I know there's dads out there that aren't great dads, but to say that they're just that like stone faced and no emotion when they're talking about. So like I, to your point, JJ, it just, it hurt. Cause I, I recently watched the old movie and I think whoever wrote that and, and produced it and such were smart to say, Hey, Michael Jordan's greatest strength is being an amazing basketball player, super competitive. He's got some swag about him, but is, does he have time to be an incredible actor for this movie? No, he doesn't. So let's help the guy out. And I don't know what it is about these new people in LeBron James, or maybe LeBron had too much of an ego. I don't think it was that. I just think they didn't do him the service they did Michael Jordan. And it was just so apparent right when we got into this movie that I was like, ooh, if it's going this route, this is going to be cringeworthy through the whole movie. And thank goodness, like Ian said, that they realized, let's put him as an animated character for half of this movie, and then let's bring him back for the basketball part, which at that part, it felt more natural for LeBron because he was playing basketball. I was like, all right, like this kind of works. But the first half when he was human, oh man, it hurt every time he was on the screen. Yeah. Well, it frustrates me too because... I mean, I feel like if you never saw the first one, maybe you could give this movie a little better rating or something. But even in the first one, like Michael Jordan goes to Looney Tune World and he's still Michael Jordan. So why did they make it animated? It's just weird stuff like that where it's like, well, why did you do it this way? So the only thing I can think of is, yeah, his his acting was not on par. So I don't know. Yeah, it really kind of broke the mold. Well, and the reason behind it, like this whole... Fried AI or like this egotistical AI, which has the worst fucking name on the planet. Let's just what is Al B Rhythm or whatever. Al G Rhythm, yeah. Because hey, it's better. Rhythm. It's better than Grogu. Wow, that's fair, I suppose. <laughs> um, but yeah, Al G Rhythm. I'm just like Don Cheeto. He must have been paid a lot of money to do this movie <laughs> because. Man, it's bad. And, like, he's entertaining, I guess, at times. But his character is just poorly written. Like, we all know that Don Cheeto can act. But this character, I'm just like, dude, it's it's it doesn't even fit with, like, an AI. Because AIs don't get emotional about shit. Even when they're rogue AIs, they don't get all emotional. They fucking use logic. And there's no logic in what this dude does. Like, None. Because there's like a fucking pissy little crybaby that's like, nobody wants to listen to me, so I'm going to fuck everybody up. That's not what algorithms do. That's not what fucking AI does. So how do we call this guy a rogue AI when he completely breaks all the rules of any AI whatsoever, rogue or not? Fucking crybaby. Maybe it's so salty by that guy. All a rogue or AI Warner Brothers 3000. Like, what kind of name? I mean, he's probably just upset with the name, first and foremost. Like, Warner Brothers got lazy on that one. But I think one of the worst scenes in this movie, though, is the 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 pitch meeting to LeBron James when the executives, like, they have the, the video that the AI made. And then LeBron afterwards, they were like, well, how is it? And then oh, it was just so bad from LeBron. But then the executives, wasn't that like Sarah Silverman or something? if I remember yeah. correctly. And then some other guy that I probably should know the name of too. Like that was the fakest business meeting I've ever seen. Like none, no part of the communication that happened in that room seemed believable or real to me. I get that people can have opinions and say, Hey, that's not for me. But to say like, well, I think LeBron said that's one of the stupidest ideas or, or top five dumbest ideas he's ever seen or something. I'm like, he just wouldn't say it like that to Warner brothers. Cause LeBron James 
does want to make movies and have a future in Hollywood. So he's going to break it a little nicer. And then the executives are not going to say, oh, yeah, that was a bad idea, right? Like, what was this algorithm thinking? Fire the algorithm. Like, it felt so comically poor and just horrifically written that, again, I just cringed through the whole thing. It's like, this is this is what Hollywood can produce for me. This is sad. Yeah. And I... And kind of going off the Warner Brothers thing, I mentioned it in the the spoiler free, but I I feel like they had an okay idea with bringing all this Warner Brothers server verse stuff in, but it was just executed so poorly. Like, I don't know how many times my sister, I watched it with my little sister and she would turn to me and go like, what, what, what is this place? So, cause you got like granny in the matrix. Right. And then you got um, Yosemite Sam and Roadrunner and Mad Max. And these are just movies that my little sister would never watch, at least not for like quite a few more years. So it was weird that way where it just kind of pulls you out of, Hey, well, I have no idea what's going on. So I, I really didn't like that. I really didn't like that. Yeah, it was a lot of shameless, pointless marketing. Like, um, it would have been funnier if they put them in different circumstances in different cartoons. From yeah. like the Looney Tunes. Or do you like Harry Potter? That. Yeah, I mean, Harry Potter yeah. was fine. They showed like a Harry, uh, like a clip of Harry Potter World, I think, cartoon. But yeah, like, yeah, do stuff that's more kid driven. Like, I get that you want to include the adults, but don't alienate the kids by trying to, you know, give something that the adults are going to have seen. Yeah. So I completely agree with you there. One of my questions for you guys is with this movie, and, and we all, I mean, JJ's a little bit older, but Ian and I are, I mean, we're about the same age and such as like Looney Tunes for us growing up, they were still a part of the cartoon lore and such, especially for JJ. I mean, they were thoroughly ingrained. And I love Looney Tunes. I mean, I think it, it's not something I, I really watch anymore, but they, they hold a special place in my heart. But all these kids that are coming up now, like, I don't even know if they know who these looney tunes really aren't correct me if i'm wrong if there's cartoons out there that they're still in and such but i feel like they're kind of from a forgotten era so i don't i feel like for kids does it even hit home the way it did for us when watching the original space jam it's a good That's question a point and i you know i don't know i don't know enough about it. i have to ask my nieces i think which i'd be willing to do just to find out we talk about it in another episode but uh, for me, yeah, like I got excited. I mean, I've said it a couple podcasts now where we've talked about the fact that we we're going to do this movie was I love Looney Tunes. Like that was like my jam when yeah. I was a kid, like Saturday mornings. Like that was my I woke up to Looney Tunes, you know, and I we watched it as much as possible. Bugs Bunny was hilarious. Like there was nothing funnier than watching Bugs Bunny getting chased by freaking uh, the hunter dude. Um, that I can't think of his name right now, but with his shotgun, I'm very, very quiet. I'm hunting rabbits. Like that shit cracked me up. Like Elmer Fudd or something like that. Elmer Fudd. Yeah. Elmer Fudd. And I will tell you something else about this movie. When we talk about this is the fact that they updated these guys like into like this weird 3d versions. I was really salty. And I realized that that's like my nostalgia shit, like getting a hold of me, but I'm like, that's not my Looney Tunes. Like I don't, I don't want these guys to be updated into this 3D versions because it didn't look like them. The only ones that looked at it were the bunnies. After that, Elmer Fudd didn't look like Elmer Fudd. Like, I was like, no, 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 no. Go back. I want just my 2D shitty animation, hand-drawn crap. Stop fucking with my Looney Tunes, damn it. I was pissed. Can we, can we talk about the best part of these Looney Tunes, though, was, at least for me, Actually, I'm going to ask both of you, what do you think I'm going to say is my favorite part with the Looney Tunes? I'm going to see if you can guess it. I have no idea. He was on drugs. Uh, Yeah, I have no idea. 
I have no clue because there are only so right. many parts of this movie that I I did could even I did enjoy. like when they made Porky the pig, who was a starter, just be a, a rap god for a little oh. bit. I really liked that part. That's <laughs> that, fair. That That's part fair. really did. That part landed for me because it was just so cool. And that I loved Ernie Johnson and the other guy. I can't remember the announcers. They were like, "What? Yeah, yeah. What just happened here?" <laughs> like that part was funny to me. I was like. This is exactly what I expect from this movie. Like Looney Tunes doing Looney Tunes things and yeah. they try and weave it in. And like, that was a part of me to laugh. I was like, all right, perfect. I, yeah. I will admit that even in my inebriated state, I had a good chuckle at that part. I do remember that now that you bring it up. My biggest laugh was when they finally get the Looney Tunes into the ship and LeBron is starting to like try and coach him and they, Tells him to shoot the ball, and Yosemite Sam just like goes <laughs> off on it with his pistols. That was my favorite part. <laughs> that was good. Uh, it's like dad humor. Well, you know what's also interesting is there's like two or three times where the tunes alluded to having done this before. I know there's a part where Bugs Bunny like looks at the camera, he's like, "Oh, it's like we've done this before." And then you know something like that happens at some other part, and that was interesting to me because I wanted, I was just waiting for Bugs to be like. Yeah, and I guess the part where, where they thought they were bringing Michael Jordan because they were all excited because they played with him and everything. I thought about when some of the tunes would have been like, "Look, LeBron, like we've done this before. We beat the the monsters. Like we 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 know how to win. We know how to beat an adversary." But they never leaned on any of that, and I thought they would use that as a way to you know kind of build up the team, prepare for this game again because that would to me that would have made a lot of sense. And for like Bugs Bunny to say, no, you don't need all these other stars. Like we've already done this, man. We're ready to go. But they never tapped into that. And I thought it would have been a really easy way to do that. I completely agree. Like I was actually very disappointed that they didn't do that. Like I think the story would have been better had they, you know, he lands and he's talking to Bugs and he tells him what's going on. And Bugs is like, oh, we got this. Let's go recruit yeah. the team. Like we've done this before. You're not the first superstar to come down here needing some help with basketball, right? Mm-hmm. I think they like leaning it, like you said, leaning into that and 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 playing into that piece would have made a lot more sense. And not only that, but it would have shown this new group of kids that probably have not seen the original. That there's another movie out there that they can go watch that's similar, right? That's got a same a similar storyline and some more to watch with that and. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it just was really weird that they didn't bring that up. But they had all these little teeny nods to it. Like, they had the little weird monsters that were the monsters later that were in the – like, a couple of little quick scenes where you see them standing on the the other team, the bad guy team's side, like, rooting for them because they want them to lose. But you don't know why those things are over there if you've never seen – or what mm-hmm. they are if you've never seen the original one. So it's kind of like this really – working against themselves kind of thing. They don't really lean into the fact that they've done this movie or that it's a second version of this movie, except for little nods that don't make sense unless you've seen the movie because they don't take time to explain it. Like they could have also had like a moment where these little monsters come up and go, don't underestimate them. They can figure out how to be tunes in this world and use this stuff. That's how we lost. Right. Mm -hmm. That didn't, ties those little guys in in a way that makes more sense and it helps explain why they're you know focusing so much on keeping these tunes in check and not letting them use the tools that they have but they didn't do that like it was just like 
you yeah it was so it's like they were working against themselves with this movie in a lot of ways which was weird yeah i agree i have another part that kind of bothered me was during the actual game the whole style point thing i got that but then as we got to the very end of it and the points that were dropping what happened to the style points it's just like they cease they, they go out the window and it didn't matter anymore. I'm not sure if it was because of algae took over the game and he eliminated those, but then it was just, it was normal twos and threes and such. And I just, I didn't get why we all of a sudden got away from style points. Like even when LeBron won the game and he, he went off the, the double power up jumping thing and he made that dunk. I mean, I was pretty style worthy. He just freaking dunked with a dude on his back and it's still only counted as like a point or something. So it's weird to me that they deviated from what the whole game was until the very end. Yeah. There was really some big inconsistencies with the whole game part too, like you said. And I, like I get the style points thing, but I also was annoyed by it. Like I was like, okay. And I guess it probably came from the inconsistencies. Like if you're going to play it within this, this world of this kid, created this game right which was cool that they were like no we're gonna play in this game world that your son created right so here's this and it's got style points you can be able to do this but then only one team was able to do anything like that because no matter what the other team did nothing it was only twos and threes and like you said maybe it was the algorithm whatever asshole that made it so only his team got style points i didn't but i didn't understand well, lebron's team did in the second half once they played looney but it was just towards oh, gotcha. like the last it was the last like minute of the game all the points uh-huh. that were dropped that there was no style points at that point so oh, it was just gotcha. weird to me that at that point it didn't matter or they weren't being scored gotcha. in that way so it just didn't make sense to me yeah it was very inconsistent with that whole thing and it didn't make the to me it didn't yeah, you got to go one way or another completely for it to make any sense and be yeah consistent. We also, it was also kind of weird that they chose to put like to back the Ian's point about this being a kids movie. They put it on like a prominent part of the sidelines for this yeah. game. Like the clown. Yeah. Like why is this green yeah, clown? White walkers and yeah. And I realized that it was all the villain, like, right? Yeah, it was like the monkeys from Wizard of Oz. Like, there's just a bunch of random stuff in there. Yeah, like, I mean, I understood the concept that it was all the villains that were rooting for the villains team. But, like, they leaned so much into that side of the audience that, like, yeah, you got a bunch of creepy-ass villains in this child's movie that are the prominent, you know, visual that you see back there. That's a little, it was a little odd. Yeah, the White just, Walkers and it and, yeah. It also looked kind of off to me, though, because they were there. But I don't know if they were trying to make it have that video game feel because, to me, it actually, it did look like these fans were in a part of a video game. Because, you know, if you've played yeah. games like that, the crowd never really feels like they're actually connected to the game. We've all played yeah. games like that. So if that's what they were trying to do, it worked. Because I was like, well, these people are here, but are they, like, are they really here? They just seem to be mm-hmm. just standing on the sideline, like clapping their hands to something. Yeah. Well, and it was funny too. Like I laughed at the white Walker ones because the white walkers in, in the movie or in the show actually look terrifying. Cause they're all like skeletons and, you know, zombies that are just blue colored in a lot of ways or white, but they can't do that in a kid's movie. So these like white walkers look weird. <laughs> 
the only one that looked like its TV show counterpart was the like the the king, the Ice King, because he he doesn't look rotted and inhuman. Like he looks like some white dude with like a really really white dude with like a crown of thorns in his head or whatever, a crown of horns or whatnot and so he looked semi-normal but the rest you could tell they were trying to water down for the kids and so i was just laughing i was like why even include them other than here's an again another nod to our hbo branch of warner brothers and a big show that we did there but again it didn't they're gonna laugh because it didn't add anything none of this shit that they put in that had here's our warner brothers connection here's our hbo stuff none of it added anything to this movie like nothing I feel like they just, if I had to water it down to like one thing, I feel like they just tried too hard. Because even with the, the whole phone scanning thing, they scan in like half the population or whatever to be a part of this game. And then they're going to stay if they lose. And it's like, it doesn't, like you already got LeBron playing for his son. I mean, to me, that's like high stakes enough to have the movie. You don't need to like capture a bunch of the population in this digital world. It just, it didn't add anything. They just tried too hard. Yeah, and you know, I don't even think in the movie they felt the urgency of, hey, half the Earth is going to live inside the Warner Brothers server or whatever. Like, it never even, that's a good point, Ian. It never felt like it was about that. They just happened to be people watching a basketball game that didn't make any sense. Right. See, and I think a lot of that comes from the fact that we just knew they were going to win because they didn't do yeah. anything differently. Right. So for me, it was like, take what might have helped and, doesn't the kid switch sides at one point anyway? Like he goes over. Yeah. But what they should have done, in my opinion, is take out LeBron, like have him have an injury or something right before the kid comes over. That way you're like, oh, we just lost the best basketball player that's out there right now. What are we going to do? The tunes aren't going to carry it. How are we going to win now? And then the kid switches sides. It's his game. So he knows how to win in this world. So when it gives you that, but you might have that couple of minutes of, oh, shit, everybody's going to get stuck in this game, right? But there was no catalyst at any point that made you feel like they might lose. Like, it was just, oh, they're going to win. So how is this a high-stakes game when there was no threat of them losing? In the first one, it was like, holy shit, they can't beat these guys, right? Yeah. You had to rely on And then Bill Murray goes out and tries to win. That didn't work out very well. Mm-hmm. But in this one, there was nothing that indicated they weren't going to win. So I think that's I think a good point, JJ. It, w- it could have been more interesting for them to just be trading blows back and forth in the first half, and then maybe towards the halftime that LeBron gets hurt, and then the goon starts come back in the third quarter and just start laying down fire, and his son switches over, and then LeBron like summons a will to come back. It was just it was if all the same formula as the first one with the monsters in a less appealing fashion in my opinion so i already knew i was like oh they're coming back second half because they have to because it was like a thousand seventy six to 32 so i was like well yeah. they're closing the gap and they're gonna go loony and everyone knew it was gonna happen and, and i did enjoy the loony part like when they the the tunes showed how to be tunes i was like this is great i needed to see a little bit more of this but i i really did enjoy that part like i mm-hmm. i laughed during certain parts and there was a couple they they threw in a couple cameos um, one specifically that I don't even know if you guys would pick up because I'm a, I'm a huge sports fan. There was a part where um, what's the female bunny's name? Is it is it Lola? 
Lola. Lola. Yeah. Yeah. Lola throws the the ball up to LeBron James and he dunks it and then she like does like a kind of like a her arms behind her looks like she's kind of kind of flying as she uh-huh. runs off the court. Uh, Dwayne Wade and LeBron James did that when they were on the Miami Heat. There's a there's a picture of it. So it's a really iconic move in basketball. So they threw stuff like that in um, and some other things to basketball people where they really know like, oh, like, all right, like you're paying homage to his past. And so those things were cool for people that like paid attention to that. And I think the other cameos um, and some of the Looney Tunes things worked, but it's not going to overcome the massive faults that this movie has. Yeah. You know, another thing that I really didn't enjoy that I w- they could have done better and it would have been enjoyable is one thing that the first movie did was you knew exactly what players the Monstars were. Mm-hmm. Like the ones that they stole their abilities. Like you knew who they were. And in this one, other than AD, like Anthony Davis, I had no idea who they so were. Some people would know who Clay Thompson was. AD, Clay Thompson, and Dame Lillard. Those are three really big players, but they – and I'll stop talking so you can keep going, JJ, but they didn't oh, do a good, good job building it up for kids. I would say most kids that are NBA fans certainly know who these people are, but I didn't feel like these villains really got their due justice. It felt kind of like cast off. In, in my sure. Head. Yeah, I mean, and like I said, the only, the only reason I knew, because I'm not a basketball guy, like I know those names, but I don't know their faces. I don't know. So the only reason that I knew Anthony Davis's one is because they said his name. Mm-hmm. when he was doing it but like damian lillard like i know the name but i didn't know who that was when they showed his face or clay thompson for that matter and i didn't know like and sue bird like i figured out who that was when i read her name because there was the bird character right but like there's a handful of other character other basketball players in here that i was like i had no idea that they were even in this as i was going through it like draymond green i didn't know he was one of them i didn't know I didn't know Draymond was one of them until you said it in the cast list. So I think you're right, Jason. They didn't give us a way to connect the dots in a more easier way. Yeah, and I I feel like they that just they just missed the boat on that, right? Like there was there was an opportunity to say to show like they do in the first one, we're stealing their ability or we're basing this goon on you know this player so that you have to deal with that. But yeah, it's just like what the hell? Why would you? not lean into these famous basketball players that you're bringing in and even less the female players. Like you have an opportunity to really lean into here's some girl power stuff. Cause they had like three female basketball players that I didn't know other than Sue bird. Like until I read her name, I didn't know she was even in it. I knew the, the bird character was a female, but I didn't know who that was. And then Nika Ogumike, I don't know who she was, and I did, and I didn't know Deanna, Diana Taurasi was in it. I know who she was. When I actually watched college basketball, she was like huge for mm-hmm. women's college basketball. I think she played for UConn, but I remember her anyway. I just think it was, I think it was a missed opportunity to really lean into who these players actually were and why they would actually give LeBron James a, a run for his money, which they leaned into heavily in the first one. Right, like you knew exactly who they were. Which no, also no, no. added to the funny of the film because the real counterpart sucked to hit basketball while their power was gone. One thing that I saw that the internet really enjoyed is when LeBron went to DC World, the, the comic world. Mm-hmm. He he was Robin and obviously Bugs Bunny was, was Batman. The internet had a heyday with that being like, yep, 
the bronze movie robin to, to michael jordan's batman and just slamming him for that and when i thought about that i was like if you're lebron lebron is heavily legacy conscious and very very particular about those things i was like how did he let that happen because he should have known the internet was going to slam him hard for that and just have a, a field day with them so i just thought that was really interesting that because in the movie he comments it's like i'm robin like all this stuff and, and I just laugh because there's people that are going to use that against him, and they are from. There's a ton of memes out there right now, which I think is really funny. And then the other, my other kind of last beef for this movie is this movie doesn't deserve a lot of complaints. Right, it's a terrible movie. You should just let it go. But yeah. the whole the whole glitch thing with the step back that happened at the beginning of the game when LeBron and his son were playing, and then Bugs Bunny does that. So when he when Bugs Bunny does it, his character kind of glitches out, but the game continues to run. Algae doesn't have control over the game anymore. But normally, as we know, in logical programming, like video game world, if there's a glitch like that, nine times out of ten, your game's going to just like, it's going to crash. Like, it's it's yeah. dead, dead. Like, it's it, nothing's happening. And so I just thought it's so funny that at Bridger, when his, LeBron was playing with his son, the game did crash. He got the blue screen of death, couldn't do anything. But then in the actual game, all that happened is Bugs Bunny, like, faded in and faded out a little bit, but the game continued on. And it just didn't really seem like, it worked, but they had to figure out a way to, to take the overpowered algorithm and, and knock them back down to just a normal computer algorithm. I didn't think it really worked. Yeah, I agree with you. I feel like it was just an unnecessary tie into the beginning of the game, the beginning of the movie that was kind of a weird thing to have happen anyway. Like they, it was just kind of a throwaway piece and became obviously a very big plot MacGuffin later on in the movie, but yeah, it didn't work for me at all. But most of this movie didn't work for me, so that's not surprising either. I don't know if I have anything else to say. I feel like we've really milked this movie for one of us. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's probably going to be our shortest episode ever, but I know I'm ready to rate it if you boys are. You know, actually, yeah. I have a fun question before we rate it. I want to know okay. what everyone's favorite Looney Tunes character is. It's a question worth asking. Hmm. Tough. Take a second. Hmm. I'm gonna say, oh man, that's a tough question. Like my brain immediately goes to Bugs Bunny, but the character that made me laugh the most probably was Foghorn Leghorn. Like <laughs> his whole shtick of like uh like not being able to say stuff and like he kind of mumbles his way through it and then all of a sudden he figures it out. Like that shit just cracks me up. Like I say, I say, uh, I, I say, say, I say, I say, I say. <laughs> <laughs> like, like as a kid, that shit just made me laugh so hard. And even today, like someone will like make a joke about it, and I just giggle. Yeah. So I think, yeah, probably for me, Foghorn Leghorn is the one that really made me laugh the most. For me, I would have to go with Daffy. Because I just think his whole thing of like always trying to one up bugs ended up yielding a lot of laughs for me because it was I mean, like you expected it, but then it would somehow turn out even more worse than it was. So I just always got a kick out of that. That's a good one, too. You know, I I I want to say Taz, but it's, I grew up with a but I, it's widely cut for me. But the reason I say Taz, I grew up with a, a glass mug that had Tasmania devil on it. And that was my hot yeah. chocolate cup every nice. day. For, for like a couple of years and I'll never forget well, it was the last time I microwaved it and the, the cup slid in two because it was a glass cup so it only had I mean 
however many microwaves I put into it. But I was so sad that I had to retire that cup because I was like, Taz never dies, but then he died. He didn't have yeah. I love Roadrunner and Wiley Kaido because I'm a huge fan of of Tom and Jerry. And to me, that they, mm-hmm. they kind of fit that. For whatever reason, I just really gravitate towards outlandish like punishment of cartoons and wiley coyote i was actually streaming instagram today and some celebrity was picking their their tunes team and they brought up mm-hmm. wiley coyote and it's like most durable tune out there the man just gets like, beat up every episode and it keeps coming back for more and having watched him in this episode he just his face and his, his facial features and, and such just make me laugh a ton and i i love the dichotomy between him and roadrunner so yeah, Wiley Coyote for me just just makes me laugh. And he doesn't – I think it's probably because he can't talk and he puts his little sides up and everything, and that just makes me giggle. But I know yeah. that's why Looney Tunes is great because everyone's got their own little dumb reason why they like someone, but it all works. Oh, for sure. No, I I was – yeah, I was thinking Wiley Coyote too because there's nothing – there's not much that's funnier than when like – the roadrunner runs across like the big gaps in a canyon. <laughs> Wiley Cody keeps following him and then he realizes like he's good until he realizes what he's doing. And he looks down and it just falls. That shit's hilarious. <laughs> it's all with you. Yeah, no, that shit's great. Yeah, I love that. Where's Acme Machines? Every Acme machine, Acme machine that he's always ever pulled out. Like, oh, it's great. So Looney Tunes was my jam, dude. That was my favorite when I was a kid. I'm old, but that shit was great. Yeah, good. Well, there you go. I got it all out. I got nothing. Nice. Else. All right, let's rate this thing. Look, guys, I I wanted to love it because it was a nostalgia machine. It was obviously Warner Brothers saying, "Hey, we have you know a superstar and LeBron James that we can bring in and kind of recreate this this movie. Let's make it happen. You're gonna have an audience. You're gonna make money. It had a better three day release than you know Black Widow, but you also have to remember too that we're all coming back to the theaters a little bit. That's probably the next like 10 movies you're going to have better than the last one. It's not indicative of the value of this movie. It really is not unless you're a child and for kids, it's probably a fantastic movie. They probably loved it. Had a great time. Like you said, Matson with your uh, little nephew, probably really good for a certain age group. But when it comes to like being a good movie, it's just not, it, there was a lot of things missing. There were a lot of weird choices in this movie. A lot of, over brand management as ian has said that were just random and it was enough that i don't i was sitting here worrying about this episode because i didn't remember a lot of this episode of this movie like i just like the more we've talked about it the more i've started to remember and go yeah i remember that i remember that but as i was sitting down to record and set up the recording i was like i don't remember a lot about this movie which to me is very telling in how good a movie is or isn't if i don't remember hardly anything from it you obviously didn't capture my attention enough for me to consider this a good movie so i just didn't enjoy it i thought it was it was a very blatant money grab from warner brothers to say you know we want to make money here's a way we can reuse an old title that worked well when it came out that was actually a decent movie for what it was let's try to capture that same magic and they did not they missed the boat 100% on capturing that magic because they completely changed and took away from and didn't lean into anything that made that movie good other than having a superstar basketball player and some cartoon basketball. That's that's the only reminiscence or similarities between these movies. Other than that, this one just missed it completely. Still, by far not the worst movie we've ever watched. So I'm giving it a one. 
and I won't ever watch this movie again. If I'm going to watch a Space Jam, I'm going back to the original. Ian, what about you? Yeah, I'm very much in the same boat. Um, it's just frustrating to see something that, like, Space Jam, this one had so many good things going for it from the original, and to see them completely avoid and not lean into any of those aspects was really frustrating. As well as, like, this was a movie that I was like, ah, yeah, it's kind of a sucky movie, but then to come back and talk about it, like it wasn't even fun to talk about to me, um, which I feel like tells a lot about a movie because you can watch something like Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, which was absolutely terrible, but it was super fun to talk about. So this didn't even have like that redeeming quality of being able to point stuff out. I think I had one or two instances where I actually laughed out loud, but the rest of it was kind of like I tuned out and it was like, all right, let's get through this. So yeah, I I think I'm going to go with JJ's one. I'm and have no plans to watch this again. The only good thing that I think came out of it is it got me excited to watch the original. So I probably will be watching that pretty soon. So good. So funny. Well, I will uh, round this out. Yeah, it definitely has motivated me to watch Cheaper John. I watched like 30 minutes of it a a few weeks ago. Um, It was on TV, but I definitely want to watch the the whole one throughout again being the original but um i'm flopping between between a one and 1.5 i think i'm gonna give it the 1.5 because i'm trying to add in the the kid aspect where <laughs> yeah. uh i know they're gonna enjoy it much more than we are uh definitely never ever watching this movie again i'll uh, rest that to bed lebron james your movie sucked don't make another one please yeah i've already said why i didn't like this movie i'm not gonna go rehash it all it just like, I think Jay just said it best. It was a money grab. They knew they could get butts in his seat because they had the Braun James. They had the old Space Jam that has some great colors, some great characters in it, and thought they'd, they'd run it back. It's not worth running back. If you're a Space Jam nostalgist and you want to watch this, by all means, do it. You're not going to like it. It'll make you go watch the original again. If you like LeBron James, this isn't going to make you like LeBron James more. If you hate LeBron James, you should watch this movie to give you a lot of things to make fun of him for because the man's not a good actor. And I think it's a great lesson for all of us to remember that acting is hard. Very, very hard. And this in shows even a good actor like Don Shiro, who's a great actor. If you don't have the, the right the, the lines, story, plot and everything, you can make a great actor look stupid. And so good actors make bad choices for money, which is exactly what I think he did. And then taking someone that's never been an actor and try to make them an actor usually doesn't work as well. So I think it's a good message for us all to remember. Acting is very difficult, and we should respect those that are very good at it. I like that. All very good points. Yeah, so there you have it. One, one, and a one and a half. Man, not a very good movie. So if you got kids, young kids, probably something you want to show them. Definitely don't take them to the theater. Just get HBO Max for a week and or for a month and show it through that because – Man, it's quite the trip for just this movie. But if you're an adult, you're just looking to catch that nostalgia trip, just go back and watch the original because this one isn't worth it. All right, Matson, tell them everybody where they can find us. Yeah, if you're trying to listen to us for some movies that are a little bit better than this one, because yeah. there will be, check us on Spotify, on Stitcher, and some others as well. Um, come chime in on our social media at Facebook and Instagram at What's Our Verdict, and then obviously What's Our Verdict.com to see what we're reviewing next, which is going to be the new G.I. Joe movie, um, which we're trying to lower our expectations, but hopefully it'll be a tad bit more entertaining than this one. Uh, but we'd love to hear from you guys. We're excited. All these new movies that are still coming out. Also wanted to give a shout out. We're getting a lot of good listeners, um, good numbers and such. We just want to 
thank you all for continuing to tune in. And uh, I think you're all excited as, as much as we are for new movies that are worth our time again. And it's definitely reflecting on um, y'all listening to us as well. So big thank you. Yeah, it's a great point, Matt. And it's, it's really nice to see our numbers grow. And so we really appreciate all those that are tuning in and keep tuning in. Keep reaching out to us. And yeah, like leave, us, said, we'll, leave us reviews and drop us a yeah. five star. Check out our YouTube spoiler freeze as well. But yeah, big thanks. And let's keep going. Yeah. So like you said, tune in next week for Snake Eyes. Hopefully it'll be better than most of the G.I. Joe movies they've made already. So uh, with that, (laughs) we'll catch you for that one. And uh, we appreciate you tuning in as always. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Cinemagic out.